Our God is a missionary God, and we are His missionary people. You're listening to The Scent Life, the official podcast of the Center for Great Commission Studies at Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary. Well, hello and welcome to this special edition series, From the Four Corners, Scent Life Stories of the Global Church. Welcome, my name is Dr. John Ewart, and today we are honored and joined by Dr. Ricardo Sanchez. He's the director of the Hispanic Leadership Development Office as part of our Global Theological Initiatives at Southeastern Seminary. And we're just really excited to have you here in the studio with us today, Ricardo. It's my great joy to be here. Listen, let's talk a little bit about you first. I've known you for many, many years. I knew you before you came to the United States of America. You're originally from the Dominican Republic. Uh, You were studying, but also you were a businessman uh, and a ministry person in the Dominican. Talk about your journey to the U.S. just for a little bit, about your education just for a little bit, and then how you got into this role. Just take a few minutes and share that brief story. As you said, I was born in DR, and um, uh, my wife and I have been uh, married for 27 years now. She's an architect, and uh, we had a medium-sized construction company that specialized in um, collaboration environments and high-tech spaces like data centers and command centers. So we did that for many, many years, and uh, the Lord blessed us, and uh, he allowed us to enjoy it, to enjoy the fruits of our work. And uh, uh, one day we attended conference here in the U.S., and uh, this is in this was in 2009, and um, the Lord opened our eyes to a level of grace we've never heard before, and um, uh, we were struck by it, and uh, uh, the Lord put a burden in our hearts to start a ministry that would help uh, these events be broadcasted in many languages. So we started doing that, and we had the honor of working with uh Desiring God and uh, Ligonier, uh, Gospel Coalition, and many others. And uh, the way the Lord connected me with Southeastern was that um, there was a Nine Marks conference happening here, and I helped uh, with the live streaming of the conference remotely. And this was 2013 by the time that happened. So we, we, we've been developing these technologies and not not developing the technologies but developing the spaces for these technologies to be deployed for many many years helping churches helping uh, universities helping uh, governments and corporations uh, cross over from uh, face-to-face to virtual and uh, that's how the Lord connected me here and uh, when I saw the need for uh, sound interpretation. I could see the interpreters um, not really projecting the the essence of the sermons and 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 what was being taught. I I started looking around to see if I would find any place that would train interpreters for uh, interpreting the gospel for these um, events and this um, teaching to happen in many languages. So there was none. So the Lord put a burden in our hearts to pursue theological and training in education, and that's why I 
came here and, and pursued a Doctor of Education degree. So I could learn how to develop curricula, and not just for interpretation, but for discipleship in Spanish. Uh, the, 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 there's been a, a discipleship absence or vacuum in Latin America for the past 100 years, let's say. Sure. And um, it, it's, we've had pockets. I cannot say that it has not happened. We've had very powerful and strong pockets of discipleship, but it is not the overarching reality. Well, and one of the exciting things that I've learned about you is, you know, not only did you get your, your EDD, your doctorate in education, but over the years, because of this other ministry that you've been engaged in, you've actually made connections all around the Hispanic world, which is very valuable for us, because obviously in the Global Theological Initiative, what we're trying to do is train leaders uh, within these, these population segments, like the, the Spanish-speaking church. Uh, both around the world and here in the United States. So let, let's talk about that for a minute, because you're also the leader of a Hispanic ministry in a local church here. Yes. And so let's talk about this just for a few minutes. Let's just talk a little bit about the state of the the needs of the Hispanic church, the Spanish-speaking church in the United States of America. Let's start here, and then we'll go overseas. Sure. Um, I think the Hispanic church in the U.S. has uh, a big, deep, and urgent problem. And the size of the problem, um, the U.S. Census Bureau in 2016 uh, predicted or they um, uh, projected the growth of the Hispanic population from one in six to one in three by 2060. That In less than 40 years, there's going to be a huge increase in the population. And this was confirmed by the 2020 census. And, and, uh, and considering that... Uh, at least 14% of the U.S. residents were born somewhere else. That brings us a serious first-generation gap problem when it comes to uh, making disciples. So the problem is that big, is huge, is, is way bigger than us. The problem is deep, for we have a multicolor syncretism that people come in with that we need to equalize with the gospel. Uh, we have people from all sorts of backgrounds that come to our churches uh, and uh, with all sorts of stories on how they got here. We have the, the, the subcultures of the Hispanic world. Is, is, they're so different. They are so different. And, and it is uh, interesting to see the dynamic of, of that uh, multi-layered uh, Hispanic uh, subcultures. LifeWay Research recently conducted a nationwide Hispanic pastor survey for multiple denominations, and they found that 77% of Hispanic pastors agree that they need to meet on a one-to-one -one basis for discipleship each week. That is, uh, um, we are outnumbered, and the, the church wants the pastors want to make disciples, and they understand that a one-on-one -on -one interaction. And the problem is urgent. The transient nature of the Hispanic population in the U.S., it's amazing. A local church here uh, conducted a, in, an informal study, and, and this is so, so real for us. I've been leading uh, in my local church, the Hispanic ministry, for the past four years, and uh, I see it. I see it. Uh, in average, people are around for 18 months. Mm -hmm. So if they come to, to know the Lord, if they, if they are born again, 
you have 18 months to equip the fire out of them so you can send them. So we are a mobilizing church. The Hispanic church is mobilizing whether they don't want to see it. It's not, and, and I think it's a blessing that requires a lot of attention. So in conclusion, the, 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 the churches, the Hispanic churches or the Hispanic ministries in Anglo churches in the U.S. are greatly outnumbered, predominantly disciple-making churches. They are in need to agent discipleship with a high sense of urgency and depth. And they are in need to redefine the way they address the language barrier in the local church to foster discipleship in the home between first and second generation immigrants. And that's a big challenge. Yeah, it sure sounds like it. So it's really fascinating because in our, in our GTI, our Global Theological Initiative, we have certain missiological targets that we're trying to, to, uh, to hit and also to, in situations we're trying to help. One of those would be the, you know, one of the fastest-growing, if not the fastest-growing ethnic population in the United States of America is the Spanish-speaking population. But as you just mentioned, it's a mosaic. It's a complicated situation because to sit there and to, and to lump every Spanish-speaking person into a single category is, is not only not culturally uh, authentic— but it's a little bit unfair. You have people from so many different nations who come and, and are a part of this mosaic, but what they may find is they don't have the opportunity to be in a church that is specifically for people from their country. They're, they're, they're going to be looking at a ministry that speaks a common language. And, of course, one of the other missiological targets for us is the fact that Spanish is one of the largest languages in the world. So it makes sense that we would want to here at Southeastern, do our best to reach out and to train people. Mm-hmm. And as a first-generation gener- immigrant yourself, uh, your, your personal sensitivity to these needs and your awareness of these needs, both relationally and experientially, are, are really well, well noted. So, so let's think for a minute. Let's go beyond the United States and think in terms of this incredibly vast world that is called the Spanish-speaking world. Some of our offices are much more specific in that they're focused on a certain people kind of with a certain language mm-hmm. from a certain place. Mm-hmm. And then some of our GTI offices are just really broad, which makes, makes the work challenging, uh, but uh, also perhaps uh, fruitful in the way that we're trying to, to address it. So think about the state of and kind of the, the needs of, in the same way, of the Spanish-speaking church around the world, outside the U.S., for a few minutes. Mm. I think that the Hispanic church around the world faces very similar issues that uh, the ones we just saw, the depth, uh, the size, uh, the people are there. We need to reach out to them, and uh, we need to... Um, make disciples of those who are born again. It is urgent for the gospel is urgent in and of itself. There's no time to um, delay this. So um, I think that the state of the Hispanic church around the world in general, and I want to be very clear with this, for uh, I know there are very intentional leaders that are uh, developing churches and developing structures and are uh, building train and train tracks, not bumper cars. Uh, they, are, they are thinking about structures that will outlive themselves. Uh, they are making disciples who make disciples. And uh, <clears throat> that, is for, that is probably the, the biggest issue I find, I have found, is a lack of discipleship. And uh, 
of depth and urgency in discipleship as well. They are healing from many ecclesiological and theological diseases, many, many, many different. Uh, I don't think we have time today to go over each one of them, but for sure, uh, and we see that here in the in the local communities when they in, in the local churches when they come, we see that the gospel needs to equalize all that. Um, we need to to be more more gospel centered. There is a very common deeds based sense of worth in the Hispanic world, uh, and and that is a gospel without grace. And a gospel without grace is disgraceful to the church and is disgraceful to the person behind the pulpit as well. So mm-hmm. uh, we, we have a big challenge, and uh, the, the I see the, the region, and uh, they, the region is hungry. And uh, we have leaders and pastors that are making a difference. I, and uh, that's about what I what I would say sure, about that. Sure. The well, it does seem um, it does seem that as as we have traveled around <clears throat> and as we've worked with uh, people in many of these Spanish speaking countries, there are these legacy leaders who I think probably are on the front lines. You know, they they've probably been the leaders. I think that uh, formal theological educational entities, uh, although there are some good ones in the Spanish-speaking world, they're, they're catching. I think they have to catch up mm-hmm. to, these, to some of these legacy leaders that you're referring to who are probably leading the way. So we're very thankful for them. Mm-hmm. We're thankful for their partnerships and their friendships along the way, which uh, we have with many of them. So, and, and then we're also trying to work alongside some of the uh, theological educational entities and denominational structures and training centers, et cetera, to help strengthen them so that they can continue to, to train and, and produce people who can produce these disciples. Mm-hmm. Um, and so part of what we have done is, you know, several years ago with the, I'm telling you, with the uh, very strong appeal from our president, Dr. Danny Aiken, um, one of my first tasks when coming to Southeastern um, around 18 years ago, was to think through what uh, work in Spanish here would look like. It's taken some years before we were able to start the office that you now direct, but in creating this office, we're trying to not only reach people around the world, but also here in North Carolina, mm. as well as the U.S., so it's a, it's a very multi-layered, complex, massive task. So let's talk a little bit what, what, what is your office doing right now? What are, some of the, what are some of the options that Spanish speakers have, just some of the practical things, certificates, degrees, as well as some of the projects, events, other things that you're looking at in your office right now? We currently offer a, a Master's of Arts in Christian Studies. It's fully online, and uh, we also offer a certificate that is also fully online, and we have a BWI or Certificate for Women fully in Spanish, that um, is also readily available. And uh, all, all of these programs um, also work. Uh, we, we want them to work in the local churches as tools for the pastors and leaders to develop their leadership teams. And uh, with that in mind, we come alongside them and consult with them where they're at, where they want to go, what's their mission and, um, and their vision and how they apply that, and uh, uh, we help them with the, like, GTI helps uh, in, in other contexts as well. 
Uh, we want them to, to be able to grow churches that are strong, that can grow, uh, that not only with this urgency issue that we have, uh, with this growth here, uh, we see that, that there's a problem coming down the road if we don't strengthen the churches now, both in Latin America and in any, any uh, Spanish-speaking country and in the U.S., for there'll be a vacuum. Uh, there'll be a vacuum of uh, uh, leadership that will be needed here, and uh, uh, we want the churches in Latin America to be strong and to be, to be able to mobilize pastors and leaders to where they are most needed. So uh, we, we are working alongside them, and uh, we want to help uh, seminaries. We have different cohorts in, in, in different countries, and uh, we, we have very strong uh, partners in these countries, and, and uh, we want to continue growing with these partnerships. And we are also uh, launching, uh, in the near future, a uh, Doctor of Education program in global uh, education that will help these seminaries and these uh, leaders to have a terminal degree in as we are building our own faculty and we, we, we are thinking about the future, we need authors, we need people who can research, people who can uh, do sound teaching. So that's what our office is doing and uh, I, I am very excited to be here. It's, 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 a, it's a thrill, everything the Lord has, has done through the office and so much in spite of me. Well, we're, uh, we're thankful for you. And, and one of the things that I know your office does is you're working very closely with, uh, you're working very closely not only with local churches, but associations, state conventions, our, our mission boards, our denominational entities, and the various people who are working with Spanish speakers on each of those levels as well. You know, one of our, one of our goals, in just a moment, I'm going to ask you for specific prayer requests that our listeners could be praying for uh, these churches and these leaders. You know, one of the, one of the great goals of the Global Theological Initiative here is that we we consult with those who are already existing. We want to help strengthen them. Now, you know, we part of that is training. Part of that is helping them grow. Uh, in uh, if it's a seminary, we may be talking about faculty development, curriculum development, all kinds of things. In the local church, we you know, in the same way, we're looking at leadership development and how their church can be healthier. Uh, but in the in the long run, we're hoping to see this whole new generation of trained, orthodox, mm. biblically sound leadership mm. that can uh, that can help the, the this massive growing population uh, reach not only one another, but frankly, in my opinion, to reach the world. I often say I've said this before on one of our other episodes that I really do believe that a massive part of the hope of the world will be with uh, non English speaking. Uh, believers mm. who are able to reach uh, some of the fastest, largest growing populations on the planet. So I, I see a great commission fulfillment aspect to this for sure. So it's very exciting to see what, what's going on. It's, it's, always, uh, it's always fun to meet new partners and to see what they're doing and how we can learn from them and how we might serve them here at Southeastern. If, if I were to ask you, um, how, how could our listeners pray for the Spanish-speaking church and for your office, what what are you know two or three prayer requests that you would have for them? I think uh, one of the first uh, prayer requests that um, I would lay out here would be wisdom for us to um, allocate these uh, churches and uh, these uh, 
seminaries globally, including the U.S., um, so that we can come alongside them and, and help them. And as you just said, we can grow in learning from them as well. And uh, uh, we need discernment and wisdom there. We also need um, uh, resources to do all this. There's a lack of resources in Spanish that need to be created. And uh, that's books. When we're, when we're talking about advanced degrees in the language, that we need to probably translate some of the content um, and uh, uh, not just translate it, but do the necessary adaptation for the content to be relevant for these uh, students. And um, as we grow in, in that area, we, we, we need authors. We need this, uh, uh, we need a generation of sound, uh, orthodox authors who can bring content that would be worth studying. So um, I, w I would say those two. And um, structurally that we may continue to grow as we are pursuing this uh, this is a very ambitious goal that we have. Uh, it's a very long-term goal as well. We're talking about, we, I, I think that we, we need to train 100,000 uh, disciples who make disciples in the next 20 years. And that's, that's a lot of people. And uh, we need to train the leaders that are going to uh, equip these disciples and disciple them. So uh, may we understand the, the depth of the of the issues here, uh, and all that's at stake. Well, that's excellent. So I, I do hope that if you're listening to this, that you'll take just a moment and pause and pray for our Hispanic Leadership Development Office and our Global Theological Initiative. Uh, Dr. Sanchez, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, we appreciate you and what you're doing very much. My great joy. Uh, for our listeners, if you found this helpful or if you want to learn more about our Global Theological Initiative or the Hispanic work that we're doing, uh, you can always go to uh, gti at sebts.edu and email us, or you can go to the Southeastern website, uh, that's just www.sebts.edu, and, and you'll find sections of that website that refer to our Spanish work, and you can learn more about us there and pray for us. But also, if you found this episode helpful, please make sure you share that with others and tell others about this. You can also find the rest of the episodes of uh, the Center for Great Commission Studies podcast uh, on social media. And I hope that you'll join us again and you'll be sharing those episodes with others. We're going to be interviewing other parts of what we're doing around the world and hope that you'll join us again as we talk about these stories uh, from the global church. Thank you so much for joining us today. <music>